Well, good at, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your friends, your neighbors, and your business, and from my neighborhood to yours. As uh, Joe Vagnone would say, from Huntersville to Statesville, we cover the Vills. This morning, you heard Justin Kazepi's talk about candidates and elected officials and and partnering together to do some uh, candidate forums later in the year. We'll be doing that in October. But uh, today we have Davidson Mayor Rusty Knox, and the Knox name is like political royalty at Lake Norman. Uh, Rusty, your uncle Joe uh, was was the mayor of uh, Mooresville. Your, your father was the mayor here in, in Davidson. Your uncle Eddie was the mayor of Charlotte. You're, you're the mayor here in Davidson. Cousin Gary, the mayor of Cornelius. Have you not been able to find any knocks in Statesville? No. D- <laughs> different part of the family. So we, we haven't started recruiting them yet. Well, I'll tell you, you guys, uh, again, the Knox name and, and, and what this family has meant to our community. Um, but you're not the typical politician. Politics might sort of be in your family, but it's not been in your blood uh, you kind of took an unusual route to uh, being mayor. Explain the folks that may not know the background, how you got involved in politics. Well, I, I had always followed politics. My mom brought me up saying that you need to learn and understand local, state, regional, national, and international politics or you'll grow up and be an idiot. <laughs> so I, I, I've always been enthralled by politics but the town was uh, the town had a catalyst project that they were doing mm-hmm. uh, that would have uh, put a, a boutique hotel, a uh, couple hundred apartments, torn the existing town hall down, and put up a cluster of buildings, and one would have housed the, the town hall, and that would have ruined the fiber for me of what Davidson is all about. So I started a. Uh, a Facebook Facebook group called Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was a song title from one of my CDs about the demise of Davidson, and I I engaged the public. It became a vessel that got people to show up at the board meetings and start asking questions, and ultimately the catalyst was defeated, and I didn't defeat the catalyst. The people defeated the catalyst, and then I just made the mistake of opening up my mouth to a reporter... <laughs> And one Saturday morning, I got a call from a sitting board member that said, Rusty, I thought you were thinking about running for office. And I said, I still am. He said, well, business today says Rusty Knox announces he's running for mayor. So I went and woke my wife up. I was getting ready to go to the farmer's market. I said, guess what? I'm running for mayor. And she said, no, you're not. I was like, oh, yes, I am. And I showed her on my phone. So the rest is history. Rusty, the filing started last Friday at noon, and it runs through the 21st of, of this month. Um, for people who might be thinking about running for office or always uh, d- had a desire, whether they're from Statesville or because Iredell County and Mecklenburg County, same filing deadlines, what would you, because that was your first run, and you ran right for mayor uh, versus a commissioner, what would you tell anybody who might be considering a run for, for town board? <sighs> The most important thing to consider is to be committed. It, it's not a hard job, but it's not an easy job. This Being mayor during the pandemic was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and probably will be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is keeping people's mental balance in order 
and 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 keeping that feeling of security uh, at a time that we had a global pan- pandemic going on. But it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. You, you you are a steward of your your community. You you are a caregiver when you do this. It is is true public service, and 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 you've got to be all in. I I spend forty plus hours a week at town hall. And and as the mayor, I, I feel personally, if you're going to do it, it's a full time job. Right. It's not full time pay, but it's a full time job. <laughs> so, what what is uh, an average commissioner? Uh, how much time do you think the average commissioner puts into their job? I, I can only speak for my five right now, and the the ones their predecessors. Um, they're probably putting twenty hours a week in, easy. Uh, we we do have pre meetings before our board meetings, so we can discuss the agenda items, and that creates an environment of of, of, of a shorter board meeting instead of a marathon where we discuss issues. Those, those meetings characteristically are an hour and a half or two hours once a week, but they're still uh, we're engaged. I'm I'm talking to the commissioners all week long, all five of them. You know, I was talking to you the other day that. Um uh, your uncle Eddie, who was very involved as as the mayor of Charlotte, uh, the the bonds for the airport uh, got approved under your your uncle Eddie. Um, you know that's 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 profound. Well, I I, I did a, a down the rabbit hole thing the other day. I sit on the uh, Metropolitan Transportation Commission, the MTC, which is CATS and CRTPO, and we were looking at the. Uh, new transit center and, and the prospectus of what, what would, that was going to come out to be. And as I went down the rabbit hole, I found the $400,000 that my Uncle Eddie got from the state to fund the initial construction mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, the transit center in Charlotte. So it went all the way back to the 80s, and here we are 40 years later redoing the whole thing. What would you say uh, Russell's uh, legacy was in Davidson? My my dad was a, a unique individual. He he was born on a farm in Davidson. He went to Davidson for two years, then got drafted and went to Korea, came back and finished school at Presbyterian College, where I was born before they moved back to Davidson. And he spent his entire life in Davidson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and my mom, my mom started a real estate company. She was way ahead of her time. She was the first female up here to own a real estate business, and dad left uh, at the time, it was First Union. Uh, it had been Piedmont Bank, then First Union, Wachovia, Wells Fargo, and went to work for her. They bought buildings downtown that were dilapidated and rehabbed them and rented them at subpar rents to keep local businesses established. And his focus was Davidson. That was it. He cared. Uh, he chaired the, M- the old MPO, what is now the CRTPO, when it was first formed. But his focus was was purely on Davidson. He coached baseball. He uh, was a deacon and an elder at the church. Uh, you name it, he did it in town. And 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 uh, you know, he, he, I will never fill his shoes. And uh, I, I like the legacy that he left because people tell me all the time, "Your dad did this. Your dad did that." And it just it's just a warm feeling to know that that legacy. He's been dead for over 20 years, but people still talk about what sure. he did at, during his time. Uh, Uncle Joe, uh, what the impact that he had in Mooresville, can you speak to that at all? 
Joe was, you know, Joe was interesting. He was the mayor for 30 years in Mooresville. Uh, he worked for Burlington Industries mm-hmm. when it was uh, the big mill there. And uh, he was an interesting character. He was uh, much, much more political than my father was. Um, he uh, he uh, would tell me I campaign all week with my commissioners so I know that when we go to board meeting, they'll vote the way I want them to vote. Mm-hmm. And so he was an interesting character. So uh, you, you've got the you've got the, the the whole market covered. Uh, certainly, cousin Gary was also involved in Cornelius. Um, we're going to talk about other things specifically to Davidson in a little while. When we come back, we're going to take a brief break for news. Stay with us on Town Talk. Thank you, Bill. Okay, for those of you who are still streaming with us, we're going to talk about some other things uh, while everybody else is doing some commercial breaks. Uh, We've got Davidson Mayor Rusty Knox and Harold Rice with the Ada Jenkins Center. And I'm Harold, I'm going to be talking with you in just a second. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I want to talk about your musical career. We may (laughs) talk about this on the radio too. But I have been listening to something you gave me a couple of years ago during COVID, uh, the, the Judgment CD. This whole CD is on YouTube. You, every song, you, people can download it and listen to it. Uh, it's not the little iTunes that give you 15 seconds. You can watch the whole clip. But I'll tell you, there's a couple of songs on here in particular on the, on the Judgment CD that I really love. And I told you about this yesterday, The Porch and The Good Life. And I yeah. think The Good Life is my favorite. Yeah, that, the, the Good Life I actually wrote uh, the day my mom passed away. Uh-huh. And the first time I ever sang it in front of anybody was at her graveside. Oh, my. Uh, and I was sitting there, and she was cremated, but we are Knoxes, so we are buried at Bethel Presbyterian Church, whether you're cremated or not. <laughs> and uh, so we, we were sitting there, and uh, her urn was there with her name on it, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. But, you know, good Lord just came down and took a hold of me, and probably the best rendition I ever sang of that song was that day at her funeral. And uh, another one that is not on that CD, but I just love it, is Our Town. And when you're singing about that and you're talking about all of the different uh, places in Davidson, uh, talk to me about how you came up with the lyrics of of Our Town. How long did it take you? Not that long. I mean, I just just wanted to, uh, I I tell people that was my campaign song when I I ran in 2017. And, And I just, you know fell on my experiences of growing up in town with, uh, you know, the, the Barger Farm, uh, with McKever Field, uh, with uh, Miss Evelyn Carr out on Griffith Street. She's my second mother. She is in hospice care right now, but I go visit her as often as I can. Uh, the college, uh, even the, uh, the, the farmer's market and, uh, 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 you know, the, the vendors at the farmer's market and the stage that I sing on there uh-huh. are all just special places in town, and my goal was just to paint a picture of town. Well, I've, I've enjoyed those and, and enjoyed watching them. Well, we're back on Town Talk. Mayor Rusty Knox here sharing a little bit of his story. Uh, now we're going to switch gears and talk with Harold Rice. He's the CEO of the Ada Jenkins Center. Harold, you came in... Uh, <laughs> In the middle of COVID, and I think 2020, was it March or June-ish? Or June, yeah. June right. of 2020, so we were just kind of getting through that. Uh, you've got quite the background. You know, I was on the board of directors 
from 2003 to 2006, and then did an eight-year stint with the United Way, although you guys have kept me on board as an ex-officio board, board member. But uh, Bill Johnson was our executive director when I was on the board, and, and then Bill was stepping down, and uh, we had it, we were going to have a vacancy, and, and I knew Georgia Kruger-Harris from the YMCA days. Uh, Rusty, did you go, where well, you remember the Y and, and, and when Georgia was there as the executive director? When I moved back here from Fayetteville in 19... 19- 94, mm-hmm. we bought a tennis villa at Davidson Landing while we were building a house, and on one side of me was Bobby Cashin, and on the <laughs> other side of me was Georgia Harris before she was Georgia Kruger. So yeah, I, I, I was a longtime member of the YMCA. I, I knew Georgia, and, and uh, they were doing this search, Harold, of various people that could be the executive director, and Richard Terry, I think, was the board chair, the incoming board chair, and I said, I know somebody you guys have got to talk to, and of course they... They uh, interviewed Georgia, and then they hired her. So those were big shoes to fill, but you've done fantastic and in, in, in what you've been able to accomplish. Um, for people who may be unfamiliar, though, Harold, explain what are some of the services that Ada Jenkins provides? Sure, sure. Um, first of all, welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, Mayor Knox, I, I'm a fan of you. I want to actually play my trombone with you one day. So. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. But uh, today we are a, a, a similar organization, but not the same. Um, we are providing uh, education services for children mm-hmm. who are one to three grades behind in the three towns. Again, uh, we're here because of Ms. Ada Jenkins. She was an educator. And so education is at the forefront of what we do. Uh, we still uh, work with uh, families who will have food insecurities. So uh, we have the food pantry, uh, which we are trying to change that model into a food pharmacy. Um, and I call it a little mini bodega where people can come in and shop. Uh, that shopping experience gives them uh, dignity and respect, right? Um, we also have our economic mobility program, which is where you have social workers working with families, uh, two-generational approach, the children and the, the, the parents, right, uh, in the three towns with wrapper, what we call wraparound services. So whatever they need uh, assistance with, we the social workers will go out and help them. Also in the economic mobility program, which is kind of new in the last couple of years, uh, as a result of housing, uh, the, the high, uh, rising cost of housing, is our homeless street outreach program. And so we work with individuals and families um, that are in homeless um, encampments and things of that nature, uh, sleeping in place not meant for human habitation. Um, and we also have, uh, again, birthed out of COVID, critical assistance, uh, where we work with families who are behind on rent, mortgage utilities, et cetera. Uh, we help them um, subsidize those costs versus mm-hmm. going all the way to Charlotte and standing in line at crisis. Uh, we try to service our, our neighbors here in our community. So that's 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 who we are today, uh, along with collaborations of other organizations. You know, Harold, I was talking to uh, Richard Pappas, who was my former board chair, but he's been your treasurer, I think, the last four or five yes. years, and uh, finally stepped down from that role as treasurer, I think, in June this year. But he talked about how when you were hired, you came in and you said, we're going to collaborate more with some of the other organizations, and we're going to be the quarterback of social services right in this particular area. And, and, and Richard said, you know, there were a lot of doubters in terms of believing what you could do, but it's been really transformational in, in what you've been able to do at the Ada Jenkins Center. Uh, speak, to, speak to some of that collaborating with other, because there's been some organizations, you, like the dental clinic and, and the Lake Norman Community Health Clinic, that you said, hey, let, let, let them do that. Uh, and so you've leveraged that opportunity so you're not duplicating services and been able to streamline your, your own operations. 
Yeah, no, uh, you, you know, I understand in the before times, uh, the Ada Jenkins Center needed to be everything to everybody, right? Um, but COVID showed a lot of nonprofits their, their best positions to be in. And so it exposed us in a way where we needed to rethink and look at what services are we really strong at and what services we need to partner with, basically, uh-huh. other organizations. And so um, we, did, we did that by uh, partnering with Lake Norman Clinic, uh, for the medical, because again, uh, during COVID, they didn't have after school to deal with. They didn't have food pantry to deal with. They focused on medical, and it was it was able to ramp up really quickly. Where uh, unfortunately for us, we weren't able to do so. So it caused us to really look at streamlining and what our capacity was. And funders really appreciated that thought process to say, you know, if if we can go far, we have to go together as nonprofits. So um, I also uh, took some funders on a ride. We call it now the Need of the North Tour because uh, they thought there was no need in the Lake Norman area. And here I am coming from Charlotte. I'm trying to pull in some other funders. (laughs) And they're looking on a map. They're like, River Run, no, you guys don't have, y'all don't have any issue. And I'm like, let's get on the get on the van with me, and let's let's take a yeah. let's take a ride. And it looks different. And so, uh, United Way uh, was one of those partners because we were uh, receiving some money for them, but we needed to really uh, ask them to invest more. And after seeing uh, the need, uh, they came in and tapped us to be the quarterback organization of the North, which which means we're just a backbone organization. And we support not only the other nonprofits, but the communities that are voice-led uh, regarding the services that they need or want to see within their community. You know, Mayor, people presume, assume that this Lake Norman community is this wealthy, influential community. But there are still are pockets of, of poverty and need here, whether it's in Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Statesville. Uh, we, we still have homelessness uh, in our particular area. And... Uh, you know, um, speak to that because you you also I know I was reading that you're working uh, with the Charlotte uh, the shelter the men's shelter downtown. Um, what what drove you into your occupation of of being in in the nonprofit area specifically working in a community outreach center? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know I grew up in Charlotte. I um, I'm a I went to the Beth what was called the Bethlehem Center. I think it's called uh, Alliance for Children Education now. Um, and I played football at the Police Athletic League. And so I was always around community, community centers. And, and uh, I didn't want to do anything else when I got to college but social work. And so I found myself um, being around people that uh, needed support, services, direction. And so that's what really drove me. And when I got out of college, obviously I got into a nonprofit. I'm a nonprofit baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, but again, a lot of the people that look like me, people of color, uh, are always seeking services. And I wanted to be someone that can help in that in that regard, a trusted advisor, perhaps in the community. A lot of times, even with COVID, um, people of color didn't get the COVID shot because they didn't have people that looked like them that was talking about the benefits of that, right? And so I wanted to be uh, someone that people can look to and trust um, as it relates to services and how they can navigate that and come out of that as well. Uh, and I know you collaborate also with the organizations in Statesville and Morrisville. If, if somebody had a need, uh, whether it's financial literacy or, or uh, loaves and fishes or whatever, where could they turn if they were living in Statesville or, or, or Morrisville? Yeah, so I know Statesville, uh, again, is a, a, a different county, and so they have uh, different services uh, but we will direct them to the shelter uh, if they're homeless, uh, living in states for Iredale County. 
um, and uh, as well as the um, the feed and see that, that that works with families who have food insecurity. So mm-hmm. we partner in that effort. Where we're trying to collaborate is the case management because uh, right now we're the only case management organization in the north, which means social workers working with families, and so. That's a need in Iredale County, um, outside of the county social workers, more individualized approach to case management. So we are partnering on those efforts. Harold, tell me a little bit. I was reading about some of the things you've been involved in, and one of them was Race Matters for Juvenile Justice. Tell me about that. Yeah, so so Race Matters for Juvenile Justice is a, a two day workshop in, based in it was based in Charlotte when I when I took that course. Um, it talks about bias. Um, that we are unconscious bias that that we may not be aware of that we all have, right? And how that could show up in our work, how it can show up in our documents, our intake sessions, things of that nature. And so it was really eye opening um, because we've 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 gone through um, a cycle of of being adults, but how we were already shaped as children and what that looks like. For example, um, as I remember now, looking going back to that workshop. Most um, African American child care workers will look at an African American child in, in more of a, a worse way than they would a white child because it's perceived that the white the black child is doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. Right, and they're almost trained that way in a sense. And so, how do we break that thinking pattern? Um, and 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 coming into the room with your full self. So uh, a lot of it is just about. Uh, bias that you may have that you don't aren't aware of, and how you bring that into the room um, in conversations. Uh, Ada Jenkins, uh, named for Miss Ada, who was a school teacher and and ran that school there. Talk about uh, and and we haven't talked about where it's located. Obviously in Davidson, right? But but share where is Ada Jenkins, and uh, tell us a little bit about backstory about Miss Ada. And we have about a minute left. Yeah, so Ada, uh, the Ada Jenkins Center is located in Davidson, uh, historic West Davidson, um, and she was an educator. Um, I, when I first uh, accepted the role, the first thing I did, again, it was during COVID, I walked through the community, and I asked residents um, what was their connection to the center, and a lot of them, they had relatives that attended the old the schoolhouse, what have you, um, but they said she was really strict, but she was she was someone that um, was a fundraiser because again, I heard about that strictness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was she was a fundraiser because the, the the history has it that the building burnt down and she was the impetus to having it built back in brick. Mm-hmm. So when you walk through those halls, you know I like to tell people you can feel her spirit there. Yeah, I've I've, I've heard stories about her walking some of the students back home to their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Davidson and some of the issues facing our town. Uh, We're going to take a brief break for some news. Stay with us here on Town Talk. So those of you who are still streaming with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the website, uh, we're going to talk about some uh, issues other than uh, Ada Jenkins right now. We're going to get into some of the Chamber of Commerce things. And Rusty, uh, this coming Monday, we're going to have a ribbon cutting for Rise Cafe. Uh, It is going to be owned and operated by Titus and Christina Barralotta. And Titus is a, a board member, but he has probably known uh, uh, Christina and Titus created the, the Lotta Foundation. Lotta Foundation. And they did a lot of good they did. Uh, over that period of time when they ran that foundation. They're going to have Rice Cafe. Again, we're having a ribbon cutting for them this coming Monday, July 17th. It is going to take place 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Again, if you are a family that's been impacted by some of the things that they did 
over the course of their tenure here in Lake Norman are just friends. Please come out and, and welcome uh, uh, Titus and Christina Bartolotta uh, with their new business, Rice Cafe. Uh, he's still going to be doing his coaching and, and speaking engagements with uh, CSG, and, and Christina also has a full-time job. But this is a, a calling that they had, and they wanted to pursue that. Um, that's located uh, over in Burkdale Co Commons. It's going to be 9525 Burkdale Crossing Drive. And uh, it is right where Hickory Tavern and Office Depot. So those, it's in that little shopping center there. So please stop by. We also have our Focus Friday coming up next Friday, the 21st. And we're going to be having, it's a Zoom program. And we have campaign consultant Paul Shoemaker um, Paul was somebody to help manage the Senator Tillis campaign, which was the most expensive Senate campaign in American history. So, so that's going to be interesting. Paul's going to actually be talking about um, uh, the political climate in North Carolina and some of the upcoming uh, campaigns that we might see. That's a Zoom program, so if you want to participate, it's intended for Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce members, but you can contact the Chamber and uh, you can get information on it. We'll send you the Zoom credentials, and that takes place 8.30 to 9.30. Next week, it is emceed by Jeff Tart, who is our public policy chair. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on is Leadership Lake Norman, Junior Leadership Lake Norman. If you have a high school junior, a rising junior this year, uh, we have an outstanding leadership program and uh, our adult program that's been going on for, for about 28 years. Uh, we have applications for that as well. So... Again, check out the Lake Norman Chamber website at lakenormanchamber.org. Well, we're back on Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, the host of Town Talk. We have our Davidson Mayor, Rusty Knox, and Harold Rice, who is the CEO of Ada Jenkins Center, our community outreach center that is focused on Cornelius Davidson, Huntersville. Rusty, North Carolina was ranked uh, as number one in business for the second, second year. Second consecutive year. Second consecutive year. I did a private polling, and, and my, my polling tells me that Lake Norman is number one for business. Uh, Lake Norman region is the number one business in North Carolina. And I, I would probably say Davidson's probably like number one in business in, in the Lake Norman region. <laughs> would you say that? We, we, uh, we do... We do good work in Davidson. How's that? <laughs> we do good work in Davidson, yes. You know, be, before we, we were on break, we went, we were talking to Harold, and, and uh, you know, back during, uh, right before COVID, we had a lot of uh, racial tension going on. There's no doubt about it. We had a lot of unrest and, and riots and things uh, breaking out across America, um, some as, as close as Charlotte. And I, I Harold, I said this, I, I think because of what, our towns and Cornelius and Davidson, Huntersville and Mooresville do with National Night Out, engaging our public safety officers with the citizens and the outstanding work of the Ada Jenkins Center and the unity and community. I see our communities working so well together that I never really had a fear that we were going to see some of that take place here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I agree with you, and, and it really helps when you have... Uh, Mayor Knox showing up at the, the Juneteenth event <laughs> um, and the other commissioners and mayors as well. Um, but a lot of events are being held. And so it, it, we see ourselves as community. Um, and when there is unrest, all the communities, including the faith community, come together. Um, and so I, I, I haven't seen the other, um, what, we've seen, what we've seen in the past or even in closer to Charlotte here in the Lake Norman area. 
National Night Up is co- coming up. Uh, National Night Out. Uh, when is that, Rusty? I don't have the date. Okay. To be honest with you, I, I, I'm always there, and I always get conned into putting a guitar around my neck. For and it and too, how so. important do you think National Night is? Oh, it, it, it's very important. I think at the end of the day, that I'll I'll touch on something about the 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 lack of racial tension that we experience post George Floyd. Uh-huh. We as communities are still, even though we're teetering on 200,000 people plus, if you look at the four communities up here, we are still small towns with small town values. And it doesn't matter that Huntersville's 65,000 and Mooresville's 80,000 and Corneas is 30-something and we're 15. They're still small town values. And our core values in all of our towns have always emulated into inclusiveness. And and it's always a struggle. It always has been a struggle. I I my I, I'm a black T-shirt person. My favorite black T-shirt is one that I, I I will go to one of those sites and just make a one-off. And I've got a black T-shirt that just says two eight zero three six because I'm the mayor of two eight zero three six. There's not West Side, East Side, River Run, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm the mayor of two eight zero three six, and 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 my job is to be the steward of everyone that lives within those bounds. And and Historically, our leadership in in our communities has also operated under that same precipice that you know we are caregivers and caretakers of our communities, and and uh, you know it it's still a challenge. You know when when I I push so hard for affordable living in Davidson, and then as a professional realtor, I got to say it's $650,000 just to get in. Uh-huh. It's a paradox of what you work every day to try to, to accomplish. And, and you know, it, 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 it goes hand in hand uh, with your attitudes towards, towards people. And, and, and it's people. It's, it's, for me, it's not racial. It's people. Right. It's affordable living doesn't have a color. That's the thing about it. And, and, and the sooner the pundits that are against affordable housing or affordable living realize that it's not about a color, uh, th- that barrier will come down. Well, let's talk about affordable housing because, you know, here's the, here's the sad thing is many times the people who are our, our firemen, our police officers, our teachers, the people who are sustaining our communities can't afford to live in the community that they're part of, whether you're whether you're in Statesville, Morrisville, Davidson, Huntersville, Cornelius, um, affordable housing is is a big issue for all of our towns throughout Lake Norman. What specifically is Davidson doing about it? Well, I think that, you know, we, since my dad was the mayor, when we started uh, the affordable housing program in Davidson in 1986 or 87, um, that was basically the birth of the Davidson Housing Coalition. Um, we've done all types of things over the years, but I think the biggest thing that we have done personally for me, uh, and I think it's historical and I think it'll be a generational change is, is we just passed our new budget. Uh It, it, it also coincided with the revaluation and most of our homes in Davidson went up 50 plus percent. But we went three cents over revenue neutral and one penny of that three cents is committed to affordable housing. Now, that's $500,000 a year. Uh-huh. That doesn't really move the needle that far. 
but that's every year. That's not a one time. We got some ARPA money we can throw at something. That's five thousand five hundred thousand dollars a year to help us move the needle. And and with help from partners like uh, the Davidson Community Foundation and others, those funds will 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 multiply to a million dollars a year. And then you start moving the needle in a small community. Our affordable housing needs assessment. Our our goal. Uh, came out to be 500 plus affordable units. Now those are not those are rooftops. They could be apartments, uh, they could be single family homes, they could be duplexes. Those are not all owner occupied. They could be rentals as well because we not everybody can afford to buy a house and not everybody is ever going to be in the position to buy a house. Some people will have to rent and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but providing housing, I, I tell people, and, and some people get tired of hearing this, but corporate America moves you to Charlotte. Right. Corporate America didn't move you to Davidson. You chose to move to Davidson. And for me, as a lifelong resident, anybody that chooses to move to Davidson should have that opportunity. Harold, I know uh, on my tenure on the board of Ada Jenkins, this was an issue our leadership team talked about quite a bit, and I'm sure the leadership still still talking about affordable housing. Uh, Freda Jenkins. Yeah, we do. Not in the, only in the sense that um, our clients um, really can't afford to live in, in Davidson, but our uh, staff <coughs> that, that work for us, uh, the daycare center across the street, right? Um, and so I think Eugene has done a fantastic job of uh, articulating the plan, the affordable housing plan in Davidson and partnering with um, organizations and, and um, um, putting a committee together to, to have that conversation where uh, you have the voice that are impacted at the table. So I, I, I can really appreciate the town for doing that. And, Bill, I do want to interject one mm -hmm. thing, too, because it was in the news. Uh, the bungalows got a lot of press because the, the limited partner that owned it, number one, there were uh, emergency and critical repairs that needed to be done and deferred maintenance hadn't been done. But additionally, it came up for sale. And, and we genuinely were worried about where that was going to end up. And as of last week, the Davidson Housing Coalition is the sole owner of the bungalows. So that was that was good news for everybody. Mayor, I know um, pedestrian safety has, has been big for Davidson because there's been a, some bad accidents and uh, fatalities downtown particularly. But uh, y'all put a lot of focus on that. And at driving through, I've seen I've seen what's going on. But but share with folks uh, some of the things in, that uh, you have done to keep our pedestrians safe. Well, after after our fourth death yes. uh, of a pedestrian uh, vehicular uh, <clears throat> uh, inference, we formed a uh, citizen task force, uh, and and we immediately moved forward with uh, establishing uh, our participation in the Vi Vision Zero program. There's only a couple other communities in the state of North Carolina that participate in that. And the goal of that is to mitigate and do away with any conflicts between pedestrians and motor vehicles in the future. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to have no fatalities. Additionally, we've installed flashing beacons throughout town, and we have everything from the orange flashers that you see on Main Street to out at the roundabouts at Griffith Street. Those are called Hawk beacons. They flash red. And if you run through them, it's the same thing as running a red light. So it's three points, and it's a moving violation, and, and you will get ticketed. Uh, those are high-volume traffic areas, so we're trying to mitigate all we can. 
we did a mid-block crosswalk on Main Street in Davison because you had one crossing at this end of Main Street, the other one at that end. And historically, people will just park and they jaywalk. And that was fine when I was a kid. It's not fine today. Right. So we, we still are, are doing, uh, in, in promoting uh, pedestrian and, and bike safety and alternate transportation, there are more people on the road. And we've got to make it safer for them. we got about 45 seconds left in this segment, but uh, we've got a brand new town hall in Davidson. Yes, we do. We Where is that located? It's 251 South Street. It was the old elementary school that I attended. That was actually Davidson High School that my dad graduated from. Uh, <laughs> and it, it is 33,000 square feet of history, and we occupy about a third of it. And Parks and Rec programming right now has it filled with children, and that's the way it should be to hear kids' voices in that building again. Well, that's great. Um Mayor, we're going to take a brief break for news, but I want everybody to stay with us. And y'all streaming, we're going to talk about some other things, but come back to Town Talk. We're still streaming with us on Facebook and on WSIC and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. Welcome back. Um, Mayor, tell me your favorite story growing up in Davidson. Oh, gosh. There was a, well, there's still family around, so I'm not going to name the family. <laughs> but there was a guy that, when I was a child, he used to uh, ride his mule to town all the time. And uh, that was not uncommon. My sister had a horse, and she used to ride it into town as well. But um, this gentleman liked the jar a little bit too much, and, and he came into town <laughs> one time and, and promptly fell off his mule right in front of the police chief. Oh, and, my. And and got arrested, and and I, w I witnessed that as, as a six-year-old child. So that was probably one of my, my, favorite, my favorite occurrences that ever happened in Davidson. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know... It, it, Davidson is, is a community that's just been filled with characters. My my dad's best friend uh, when I was growing up was Lefty Drussell. Mm -hmm. They raised a garden together Coached e at Davidson. every year. Yes, he did. And, uh, you know, Lefty was very special to our family. He was a pallbearer at my dad's funeral. Um, but there are tons of stories about Lefty Drussell. Oh, yes. He, uh, he was quite the character uh, before his time of being a character as a coach. Uh, so there, you know, there, there's, I, I feel fortunate to have come along during a time where there were so many different people like that. Our little, uh, baseball complex, McEver Field. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew Gene McEver growing up. He was an all American back in the thirties. Uh, he was a fullback at the university of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, he hand built those fields and ran them until insurance got to the point where he couldn't maintain them anymore and sold them to the town for a dollar. And we've taken care of that complex ever since then. But uh, that was always a good Friday night. You'd go to McEverfield and watch baseball, and they had a concession stand where not only did they serve you hot dogs, but they actually deep fried catfish and everything on Friday night. So it was a, it was it was a good time to grow up. And it's it's got to be great presiding over Christmas in Davidson as the mayor. I love it. You know, when we can put 30,000 people on Main Street over three nights uh, and, and still maintain small-town feel, it's a good thing. All right. Well, we're coming back in, I think, about 15 seconds. Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. I have Davidson Mayor Rusty Knox and the CEO of the Eddie Jenkins Center, Harold Rice. And, Harold, we were talking during the break when we were streaming 
um, some of the magical moments that, that Rusty's experienced in Davidson. Uh, when you're in social work and, and community outreach and working with people who are a little bit down, and Ada Jenkins has always been, it's, it's not a handout, it's a hand up, but uh, you working in the shelters, share with me one moment where you just felt like we've just transformed that person's life. Yeah, this was uh, this year, actually. I was on a ride-along with one of our social workers, and um, we were, uh, she was taking me by one of the house, home, formerly homeless house individuals, mm-hmm. and um, we were taking him to get his ID. Mm-hmm. And so um, when he got in the car, he was just so appreciative of the services, and he wanted to invite me up to his apartment because he had been on living on the streets for years. And, you know, while he said, I don't have anything in it, but it's mine. And so I obviously I went to his apartment and looked around and he's 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 slowly getting things. But we take things for granted, such as our keys mm-hmm. that we that we have to open up our doors every day. We just take that for granted. And this this gentleman just reminded me that having a place to call home is so important because then you can work on the other issues. You can't work on any issues if you're out in an encampment. You can't work on sobriety or things of that nature or, or finding a job. So that was just a, a, a moment that um, I really, really appreciated because sometimes, you know, we're out here trying to find funding and advocating for families at a macro level. It's important to, to dig a little deeper in, in, and be with the people sometimes. And so I really appreciated that. You know, Harold, I served on the board of directors of Habitat for Humanity, um, our towns, which incorporated not just Cornelius and Davis Huntersville, but they, we had a restore too. And Statesville and, and Mooresville, so we were over this whole area, and and now Habitat has an office at Ada Jenkins Center, but I tell you, talk about that transformational moment is is when you see a, a family being able to own a home, an affordable home for the first time, and and when they have those keys in their hands, it it's just something, and you just see them beaming. Yeah. Not only that, just the sweat equity to the Habitat piece that they've put in, and so there's an investment there. And so um, I've, I've seen that as well. It just transforms a family. Um, a good friend of mine, Boris Henderson, he's, he's a, a part of this community as well. He went, he's a, a graduate from Davidson. Um, he's on the International Board of, of Habitat. He talks about growing up in a Habitat home and having a dedicated place just to study uh, was important. So, Mayor, how important is it to the town of Davidson to have a center like that in your town? Well, I, you know... I, Having history with Ada Jenkins, I don't think I've ever taken for granted what it's all about. I think the the continued work that we try to do collaboratively is is so important. Uh, the last round of uh, ARPA money that the county put out was about ninety nine million dollars, and we applied for a million dollars for uh, land purchase for affordable housing. We did not get that. We applied for a million dollars for uh, emergency repairs, um, we did get that. We applied for $500,000 for an incubator kitchen. We did not get that, but Harold did get money for that. Uh, and we applied for $2 million to redo the gymnasium at the site where the 251 Town Hall Community Center is, and we got that. But the nice thing about Harold getting that money is we recognize the importance of, of having an incubator kitchen to train people to work in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, we got 29 restaurants in Davison to have somebody that can work and potentially gain those skills where they could work 
at home without having to go to Charlotte to work would be a big deal. But they've already got an established kitchen. Right. So we're going to partner with them uh, to get that program going. Harold, another improvement was, and something I got to see before it was unveiled, was the contribution from Steph Curry and that gymnasium. And Under Armour played a big role in that. Uh, share a little bit about what, what you have now. That's a real jewel. Yeah, um, Under Armour and Steph Curry's um, foundation, Eat, Learn, and Play, and Summit Coffee as well, uh-huh. uh, partnered with us with, with Steph on that. And so that gym is amazing. Uh, it allows to see Steph's uh, pictures up on the wall. It allows the kids to look at high aspirations um, and play in a place where they, you know the goals are reachable, and literally, because before times the goal was a – uh, pretty high for the for the children, but now they're adjustable, and, and so it gives them some confidence. Um, but also, again, when they look at the floor, it has Curry's name on it. Everybody knows who's, who's that is, and we can talk about uh, his high aspirations and what he do for the community. So we're we're excited about it. We have open gym uh, several times a week. Again, we want to be a bridge builder to the community, and so we allow the community to come in and just to play basketball and talk about you know what other needs do you do you have? Is it is it a food need? Is it education? So. Um, again, it's just a great opportunity. Mayor, we got about five minutes left, <clears throat> and we got some development issues I really want to get into. We got things going on at Summit Farms, River Run Phase Six. Um, we got improvements at the community center in Beatty Park, uh, the archery range. Can you talk about some of those? Well, you know, it, it's been we at our board meeting last night. Uh, Doug Wright, our project manager, kind of went through a list of things that were going on. So, you know, we've dedicated the new town hall and community center. Uh, we opened an archery range in partnership mm-hmm. with with Mecklenburg County, and I'm thinking, how cool is it that a town the size of Davison has an archery range? And I went out and um, was coached for several minutes before we actually did the ribbon shot to make sure that I didn't <laughs> I didn't injure myself or others. And uh, I did hit the target, which was a good thing. Uh, you know, Summit Farms uh, is is in the till right now. And for those that don't know, Summit Farms is a project that Summit Coffee is going to do at the intersection of East Rocky River Road and Shear Road. They bought or buying 58 acres. The Summit Roastery will be there. There will be a farm-to-table restaurant and a 40-room in there. There'll be a brewery there. There'll be... Uh, 50-some home sites, and those will include uh, market-rate estate-sized lots as well as duplex, quadplex, and affordable units. There'll be 12 affordable units out uh-huh. there as well. Um, there'll be a, a, a working farm of about four or five acres there where they can grow vegetables and have a little mini farmer's market. It, it It's a new concept for our development, but I think that's one of the things that we embrace in Davidson is is – we don't want anything cookie cutter. We we want something that that says, "Hey, wow! I wish our community did this." Phase six of River Run is the same thing. We had a developer to come in and make an offer on that property. We gave that developer a list of fourteen things that didn't meet our ordinance, and the developer said, "Well, I understand that, but we're so and so." Well, we're so-and-so is not building there now. We have somebody that's going to meet our ordinance and do a project that that will blend in with the needs of the community. Um, you know, uh, we've got uh, right around the corner from Harold, we've got at the old Hoke Lumber site, we've got 84 townhomes that are being developed. Eight of those are affordable, and that's a partnership between the developer, 
the town of Davidson, and uh, the Davidson Community Foundation uh, to leverage getting eight units built. Those units will be no different from the market rate units other than price. They will be the same 1,900 square feet, the same finishes, the same two-car garages. So, and, and you'll never know the difference between the affordable units and the market rate units, and that's the way it should be, and that's the way it should be in every neighborhood in town. It, it's, it's an easy blend, and it's, and it's, it's important because if we're going to live together as a community, then we need to live together as a community. Oh, absolutely. Harold, we've, we've had some fundraisers in the past at uh, Ada Jenkins, the ice, the, uh, the barbecue cook-off that we had. Any major fundraisers or events coming up for Ada Jenkins? You know, not at the moment. We are um, coming out of COVID, and we're, get, we're finding out what the taste is for a fundraising events since sure. people are coming back together. Um, we've had a few uh, Music for Good events uh, that we've hosted, um, and we, we, all, we will have a golf tournament um, in, in May. So uh, we were just reimagining what our signature event will be, though. Harold, we're talking to people that are in Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Mooresville, Statesville, but we're streaming... Uh, Worldwide, <laughs> we were streaming worldwide. But what would you say, Harold, to anyone out there about why they should go out and volunteer and get involved in their community? You know, I, I will take uh, the Lake Norman area for instance. When people uh, come up the up uh, seventy seven, they often look at the wonderful boats in the water, and what they don't pay attention to are the guardrails that are keeping their car from going into the mm -hmm. water. And that's what we are. All of our nonprofits are guardrails. And so if they want to be a guardrail to help people sustain and maintain uh, residency in their community, find a nonprofit, a local nonprofit to partner with um, so that those families can, be, uh, can remain in that community and thrive as well. Mayor, we've got about one minute. Where is, where is Rusty Knox playing next in his musical career? Um, I, really, you'd have to go to RustyKnox.com and <laughs> find <laughs> out. Trombone. But I'm, uh, I know that I play the fourth Friday of every month at Summit Coffee with my friend Jim Ashton, who comes down the hill from Newton, North Carolina, to play with me. And then on August the 12th, I believe it is, I'm playing at our concerts at South Maine. Uh, we take the stage at the Crazy Pig there, mm -hmm. and close the parking lot off. And I'm doing one of the concerts there. But I'm, I play about three times a month now. I used to do five a week, and my wife thinks I play all the time. <laughs> so I'm just kind of easing back into it after COVID. Well, I, there was a lot of, I really wanted to talk about uh, transportation. We really didn't touch on that. I know you've been very involved in the Red Line. A lot of transportation initiatives. Harold, there's so much that we could talk about with Ada Jenkins, but uh, I want to thank you for the job that you do. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk with WSIC. We'll see you next Wednesday.